Put your hands together tonight. Merry Christmas. Man, Nick, where you at, my man? It's getting down up there. Well, if you haven't already, please wish someone a very Merry Christmas this evening. Welcome to Church on the North Coast. It is always a special time on Christmas Eve to be with one another. We are so glad that you decided to come out and brave the cold this evening. My goodness, winter showed up in one giant dose this year. Just all came at once. Thank you so much for jumping in and viewing online this evening. Merry Christmas to you at home, wherever you might be this evening. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you all so much for being with us. One quick announcement. It wouldn't be a church service if I didn't make at least one announcement. I want to remind all of you tomorrow we'll be right back here celebrating the very reason for the season. Jesus Christ's birth, his birthday. You can put your hands together for that. I think it's going to be a spectacular time. We're very much looking forward to it. I know my kids have their pajamas all laid out. We're going to open some presents, enjoy the morning. We're going to get to church. We'll be here, and we're going to have a service this morning. In fact, all of our locations are open tomorrow. We'll come in with those pajamas on, have some good times, and celebrate the reason for the season with one another. So we'll be back here tomorrow morning. Well, before we go any further, I want to give you all an opportunity, and I thought it would be very befitting on the birthday of Jesus to go ahead and give him a gift. So this evening, if you're visiting with us, thank you so much for being here. We certainly appreciate you bringing your family and friends to Church on the North Coast to celebrate Christmas Eve candlelight service with us. So please don't feel an obligation to give this evening. However, if this is your home, we wanna make sure that we provide you that opportunity this evening and we would like to extend to you the opportunity to give this evening in our offering. You can see on the screens there are many ways to give. Please uh, continue to support the ministry and, and help us to continue to preach and teach and deliver the gospel here and all around the world. This evening, if you would bow your heads with me, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for another opportunity to be here together to celebrate your name, Lord God, to celebrate your birth, your son's birth, Jesus Christ, sent to this earth to deliver us, Lord God, for an eternity. You are holy, and in your name we pray, amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 14 says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks, at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy to all the people. 
Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You will find you suddenly in, in a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Dominic, that was awesome. Great reading. Can we have a um, hickamajigger? What do we call that? Pulpit? Pulpit. Pulpit. Yeah, here it comes. All right. Good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. This is going to be a great year. And uh, we're finishing this year strong, right? We still have a few days left, so we want to finish strong. Uh, in, in light of what was just read, I want to just take a minute. Thank you so much. You're so kind. Uh, Tina and I are going to share together tonight, so you know what that means. You don't know what it means? It means she's going to talk more than me. But in Luke chapter 2, the story of Christ's birth is very significant in the day that we live. All the world leaders are assembling together as we sit here tonight to convene to somehow overthrow God's rulership. Make no mistake, there's not one national ruler of significance that acknowledges God and his word. As a matter of fact, if you've watched our president give his Christmas message, he failed to even mention the name of Jesus and said that this time of the year is celebrated for those who are Christians, not necessarily as a nation. Now, the reason why I say that, and I don't have a lot of time to give you the background of each leader, for example, in China or in the UK, here in America, all across the world, let me say this, that on the night that Christ was born, there was a man by the name of Augustus Caesar, And that is significant because Augustus Caesar really wasn't his name. His name was Octavius. And Octavius was the adopted son of the previous Caesar. And when the previous Caesar had died, he took over. But he wanted to change his name. And why is that important for us as we sit here tonight? As we contemplate the birth of Christ, it is because Caesar is known around the world as government. It is government. When Caesar ruled over the uh, people of Israel, it was the government of Rome that ruled and caused great hardship. But Octavius wanted to add the word Augustus. He wanted to change his name to Augustus. Now, Augustus means divine one. If you put those two together, it was on that decree 
of one who proclaimed himself to be God ruling over the land that required Joseph and Mary to leave Nazareth and come to Bethlehem to be counted so they would know how much taxes that Augustus Caesar could receive. But on the same note, the same time, parallel, what was happening was Christmas is about the kingdom of God breaking into the kingdom of the earth. And I feel such a prophetic moment that we're in tonight in this Christmas season is that we have never seen like we have today our governments proclaiming themselves to be divine. But I've got good news for you. That Christ is coming again soon. Can I get an amen? Just like he did the first time. You know what? The, the music tonight was so amazing, so beautiful. And the words of the song, most of them came from the book of Isaiah. The scriptures I'm going to share tonight are from the book of Isaiah. It talked more about baby Jesus coming into the world, the Messiah coming to save us from our sins, than any other book. And it's from the, the um, voice translation. And most of us know Emmanuel. We've heard about it. We've sung about it. Yep, he's saying about it. But I'm going to call him tonight E-Man because there's so much going on with E-whatever, right? Electric this, electric that. So our E-Man, Emmanuel, is living not only beside us. He is living inside of us. And he came for the very purpose, just to make it a real simple, is that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, when Adam and Eve partook of sin, when they disobeyed God, they were made naked and vulnerable. And the word vulnerable is exposed to the possibility of being attacked, harmed, or personally and physically, emotionally, however the enemy would try to destroy us. That's what our vulnerability is all about, to be harmed. But Jesus came to be the living gift. In Isaiah chapter 18, verse 4, it says, I am, and I'm only going to read little bits of this, so you'll probably find it somewhere on there. But it says, I am in control. I'm calm, serene. I'm watching quietly from where I dwell. I hope we all hear tonight that he is watching us from where he dwells. And he is so ready to come back and get us. He's not threatened, and he is not vulnerable like we are at times. He's not threatened by this world's religions or hatred toward God. He is coming for us. He's calm and in control. And in 1917, really, it's chapter 19 of Isaiah, verse 17. But I remember it this way because my dad was born in 1917. But it says, Oh, little Judah. Just the word Judah will set everyone trembling and shaking because of his plans. His plans toward people who are against him 
will be trembling and shaking just when they hear the name. You know, this we can't really call planet Earth and all the generations that have come and gone a game. But if we were in a game, it's the end of the game. It's time now to do whatever it's going to take for us to win this game. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse, chapter 11 but verses 1 through 5, and I'm only going to concentrate on the, um, the bottom part of that, but he said, our Judah is all grown up. He's a man now. He's all grown up, and he's ready to return. He is the spirit of wisdom. He is the spirit of discernment and counsel and strength. He will judge fairly. When we feel like, what is going on? When people are being mistreated, they're oppressed, he will judge fairly, and he will act courageously. He won't be double-tongued like we hear too much of. He will consider more than what meets the eye. He knows what's going on behind the scenes. He knows what we say, what we do, what we feel, how we live, and he knows more than what's going on behind our, in our eyes. He weighs in more than what he's told. We can tell him anything we want to tell him, but he knows what we really do and how we really live. He knows more than what's really been told. And it says, with a word, he will end wickedness. With one word, he will end all wickedness. And he will abolish oppression he will destroy evil. He will clothe himself with righteousness. The king of all glory came to earth and clothed himself with right living, right doing, showing us exactly how he did it so we could be able to do the same thing. Clothing is important. How are we clothing ourselves right now for this end game? Just think about if we didn't clothe ourselves in preparation to get out in this weather today, what would happen to us? How much more being clothed with the righteousness that the Lord has so freely given to us, Amen. we can be clothed with that, Amen. with just that one word, clothed with his righteousness and his truth. He, his impulse is to make right everything. He wants to, he rights all wrongs. That's his impulse. It's, it's in his blood. It's in his, have you ever heard anybody say, it's in my blood to do that? It's in his blood to do the right thing. He can't help it. He gave his blood to do the right thing. We come to church and we live our life and we go from generation to generation thinking and we wish, we hope the king is coming. We pray that the king is coming. We don't understand everything and why it's going on. But the king is coming. He's coming soon, and he wants us to take his word serious. It's got to be in our blood. When this new Mary, this carrying the king within, we are now the new Marys who carries the king of glory within our womb. He has dwelling with us. We are the new Marys. In Isaiah 9, verse 5, there will be a new time, a fresh start. This is a desperate time for a new start. God is willing to give every one of us a brand new start. We can start living our life for Jesus so zealously, holding him dear to our heart, making him more important than our friends, making him more important even than our spouse making him more important than anyone because we love him and he, what he has done for us. We are the Marys carrying the king. And it says in Isaiah, this fresh start. Now we live in this desperate time. 
Gabriel announced to Mary the first time that she is going to have a child. She was a perfect virgin, sort of, so to speak, as far as human possibilities, and she was going to bear a child. The angel had to come and say, Hail Mary, I acclaim you. The Lord has acclaimed every one of us to hold this child within us and to give it out to the world. You know, there, there's, uh, I, I'm not going to let um, little Louie show me up, but in 1984, there was a man named Doug Fruity who coined the phrase, Hail Mary, because the Chicago Bears were playing a game against Miami in the last part of the game, the very end game, it was desperate. They were desperate to win this game. And they threw up a Hail Mary. Hail to God. Pray somebody pray. <laughs> and they prayed and they won the game. It was a miracle. Right now, how much more do we need to throw up that Hail Mary? Our prayers. We are the Mary that is calling heaven to earth and making earth ready to receive their king. And not just in a song. That's right. It's a desperate time. Excuse me. <laughs> Thank you. I just need to turn this around. Oh. That was just in case I needed it. <laughs> in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it says that he is the hope of all hopes. He's the dream of all of our dreams. A child was born, the sweet breathed, a son of God is given. He's the sweet breathed one. He's the son of God that was given to us. All hail to the church. Now, we got to get up and we got to run to win this game. Whatever it takes, if we have to say goodbye to our friends, if we have to say goodbye to our job, if we have to say goodbye to whatever, we do it all in the name of Jesus to get this world ready, to get our families ready to win this game. He's the life-giving God. He's baby boss, and he's going to show himself strong. He is the king, and he will always be the king, and to win it's our duty, our joy, our responsibility to carry and birth Jesus on this planet. And it says the power of leadership, the weight of authority will rest upon his shoulders. Now I want you to listen to the words because we always attribute this to God Almighty, and it is to him. But he lives inside of us now. And so this is attributed to us because he's given us all authority. The power of leadership, the weight of authority will be, rest upon his shoulders. His name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Dear Father, Everlasting, Ever-Present, Never-Failing, Master of Wholeness, Prince of Peace. He will ensure justice without fail, absolute equity, always. And here's the key. This is where we pick up our cross. This is where we pick up our great joy. This is where we pick up our lives. And we say, the intense passion of the eternal commander of heavenly armies, armies will carry this to completion. With our intense passion, we will win this game. Let's not be, let's not complicate anything in Christianity, because we don't have any time to complicate anything. There's only two things that he said. 
because it's desperate times, we pray desperate prayers. With the intense passion, we love God. We love God so intensely that we've never loved him like this before. We've never, pray for a spirit that God would cause you to fall in love with prayer. Pray for a spirit that he will cause you to fall in love with his word and that you spend time with him. We can't do this on on our own, but we cannot love people intensely and passionately if we don't love the Lord that way. We just go about the routine of coming to church on Sunday. But if we don't love the Lord intensely with all of our life and passion, we can't win this world. Because some people in the world can love God their way and sometimes even a little bit more passionately than we do. But we have him living inside of us. And when we do this, it says in Ephesians chapter 3, 19, Let all the fullness of God, that was Paul's prayer, let all the fullness of God dwell in you. That means we can have all the fullness of God inside of us, walking in that power, walking that authority. It's our Emmanuel living inside of us with all of his glory and all of his authority to this desperate world waiting for us to be the pros waiting for us. We're the church. We're the only pros. And if we're half-hearted and don't even come to the game dressed, we're not going to win. Hail Mary. He is hailing us tonight. Amen. Amen. We've got to win. And you know, this is it. Um, When you think of Augustus Caesar, he thought he was all of that, but he wasn't. And the leaders of this world think they are in control. But the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of his Christ, of our Christ. And they will bow. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. Think about this for a minute. Jesus was born in a cave in swaddling clothes. 33 years later. He was wrapped in strips of linen and buried in a cave. He ended this human life where he began. But the in-between the two caves, he ushered in the Father's righteousness into this world. He didn't just come to save us from our sin but to give us righteousness. The righteousness of God that's in Christ Jesus, meaning we can live right, love everybody, and pray hard. You see, here's the point of these scriptures that Dominic read so beautifully. There is a tyrant in this world, And there is trouble in the world that you and I live in. But just like the angels announced that night from the heavenlies, there is a trumpet that is trumpeting triumph for every one of us who will believe in Jesus Christ. Do you hear the trumpet tonight? Here's what it's saying. Glory to God in the highest peace on earth toward men of goodwill. That scripture should be interpreted this way. 
toward men who are in God's will. Peace on earth toward men who are in God's will. Let me ask this question. Are you in God's will tonight? You say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in God's will tonight. See, Jesus did not come to bring peace to the entire earth and to every person. Oh, he's offered it to everyone, but you see in verse 10 of our text tonight that we read, it's only men and women of good will who receive it. There is an act that you and I must commit. We have to receive it. Isaiah 48 and 22 says, There is no peace for the wicked. Have you ever heard that scripture? We live in a wicked and sinful world. Guaranteed, there will be no peace in the earth. There will be no rest in the earth outside of Christ. And those who live in wickedness and sin, they will never have peace. But here's what Romans 5 and 1 says. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace through our, through, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you want peace tonight? True, lasting, inner peace? When you lay your head on your pillow, you know that you are right with God? Do you want that kind of peace? Man, that's what I want. And it's available to you if you're a person of God's will. What is God's will? I heard someone just say that. What is God's will? Well, here it is. To believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. That's God's will. You say, well, how do you know that? Because John chapter 6, people came to Jesus and they were asking him, what must we do to do the works of God. What is his will? They asked Jesus, and Jesus said this, this is the will of my Father. Listen to this now. This is the will of my Father, that you believe on him whom the Father has sent. Do you believe on him? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength, do you believe on him? Then, like it. Right? My wife said, if you love me, then act like it. You can't tell me you love me and then treat me like you hate me. So with your head bowed, let me ask this question. If you're here tonight, if you were to die, do you know whether you'd go to heaven do you think maybe you might go to hell? Are you unsure? You're not clear? You can be. The Bible tells us that it's appointed unto men once to die, and then the judgment. Judgment is assured for every one of us in this room. You say, well, I'm young. I can live till I'm 70 or 80 or 90. There are young people all over America that die prematurely. There are 22-year-olds that die. There are 32-year-olds that die. Are you ready to meet God? 
The Bible said if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, you can be saved. Good will. Those that are in the will of God may have peace. If that's you tonight. You say, Lou, Tina, we want you to pray for us. Because we want to know that we're going to go to heaven. If that's you and you need that prayer. No one looking around. I'm going to count to three. And I want to ask you to raise that hand. Hold it up for a second. Put it back down. This is your moment with God. One, two, three. That's you. Hold it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you over there as well. Anyone else? You say, you know what? I, I'm going to go with God. I need peace in my heart. I need peace in my marriage. Thank you, ma'am. You put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you for that hand as well. And I don't know how many that is, six or seven people, but maybe more than that, I don't know. But if you're, if you, 15, okay, I don't count well. But if you say, you know, I wanted to raise my hand, but I didn't. And if you'll ask one more time, I will. So I will ask one more time. If you didn't raise your hand and you're saying, yeah, I can feel my heart beating. I feel the, the drawing of the Holy Spirit. I want God's peace. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Thank you. Oh, happy day. Thank you, young man. Thank you. And thank you back there, too. And there. Jesus, thank you. I see right there, too. But most importantly, he sees. God sees every one of you. And the church has prepared a little booklet and Bible and someone to pray with you after this service. Can we do that, Pastor? And they'll be standing along the front here and, and just come down here and let me and my wife shake your hand. I, I mean, my hand is just like anybody else's hand, but I washed it before service. And, and I just want to say congratulations. I want to say thank you. I want to say go with God. I want to pray for you, okay? But tonight we want to celebrate. And as we're singing, maybe you can join me down here so that we can congratulate you for your choice to receive Christ. Everyone say this little prayer with me, would you? Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight with an open heart and an open mind. I come to you this evening and ask you to forgive me of my sin. I know that you died for me and I want to live for you all the days of my life. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Lead me every day. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you let us know if you prayed that prayer. But right now, the worship team is here, and they're going to help us. And we're going to close out this service. And I don't know who's lighting the pastor. Are you coming to do this, to light the candle and to sing? Did you all know that Pastor Troy is going to sing Silent Night solo tonight? I am not tonight? going to sing. That's what I was told, right? I am not going to sing Silent Night. Okay, here you go. Can you put your hands together for Drs. Lucy and Katie tonight? Thank you so much for doing the work. Make him sing. You might as well stay up here, Mom and Dad. Uh, Mom and Dad, you're just, just going to come right back I up. I forgot here. about that, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put this right here. Maybe I'll just, just walk it over here. Just get it.
have the family come up? Can I get the my family to come up? And can I get our, our connection pastors to come as well? Uh, our staff, can I get our staff to come with their family? Our staff, yeah. They work for free. <laughs> how many, how many, uh, don't, don't light the candles yet? Okay, light them, go ahead. It's supposed to like, come on, everybody stand on your feet. How many have been to Costco in the last four days? You've been to Costco? You gotta be careful going to Costco, all right? You gotta be prayed up. You gotta fast a little bit. You, you got to make sure that you have the fruits of the Spirit in your life when you go to Costco. All right? And you got to stay out of the front of Costco and out of the back of Costco. That's how you keep your salvation. But listen, I was at Costco the other day, and, and I, we went to leave. And as we were leaving Costco, uh, I noticed that the traffic was all backed up. And so I said, I'm going to go around this way. And I went around this way. And what I noticed was, I noticed that nobody was letting any of the, the people out. You ever been in a line where nobody would let you out? You ever been stuck in traffic like that? Like, you know they see you and they won't let you out. Well, that's what was going on. And I, I said, man, when I get up there, I'm holding traffic back and I'm going to let everybody out. And so I got up there and I stopped. And, and I just started letting everybody out of the out of Costco's parking lot. And Becca's like, you better go now. People are gonna get upset with you behind me. And, and so I just kept letting them go, letting them go, letting them go. Because that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus let me go. Jesus let you go tonight. And so tonight, we gather together to sing Silent Night. Because Jesus let us out, amen. Come on, as a worship team, sing, sing with them.
together tonight as the covenant bride of Christ that all who are sick in this room tonight are made well. Amen? We believe for every promise of God. We declare that we are victorious. We are mighty. Because Christ lives in us, there is nothing we can't do. We bless your name tonight, Jesus. We thank you for the gift you have come to give to the world. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? Amen. From our family to yours, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And we love you. God bless you. It's snowball fight time.